Welcome back to another episode of The Girls' Room. This week, we are joined by registered dietitian Cassandra Lepore from Heart Healthy Cast for the new year. So welcome, Cassandra. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Full disclosure, this is my first ever podcast appearance, so I'm super excited. I love to talk about myself. This is great. Um, We have like fun topics that we're going to touch on, but yeah, I was just saying I was toying with the idea of starting my own podcast. Yes. Year, but I'm honestly not sure who's going to want to listen to me besides my mom. And I feel like I'm going to be talking about complete nonsense for 45 minutes. That's the purpose of podcasts. I talk in circles. I know, but who's going to want to listen to that besides my mom? You would be surprised. I mean, girl, I asked you to be on my podcast, so clearly I want to listen to you. You have a whole audience of people on your Instagram. Like, you have great content, and that's the reason yeah. why. I was like, I've had, I was mentioning this to you off air, but I was saying how for a while, I've been thinking about people who I want to have on this year. And I take like screenshots of Instagram accounts. And yours was one of the first accounts that I screenshotted. Like I've had this in my phone for months and I've just been waiting to reach out to you because I love your content. It's so much fun. It's so digestible. I don't even know if that's a word, but like it's, it's yeah. attainable. <laughs> and I love that. So I'm super stoked to have you on today and to talk about all these great topics we have. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, can you introduce yourself to the girls room? Sure. So just to give you all a brief background about myself, I grew up in New Jersey and I decided to move out to San Diego for college. I truly think growing up and watching like the OC, Laguna Beach and the Hills is why I always wanted to go to California. It just looked like the most magical and fun place on the planet. And I felt it in my core that the possibilities there were endless. And I can confirm that it is the most magical place I have ever, ever visited to date. And I miss it there every single day. But just to give you some career background, so I graduated from San Diego State University in 2020, and then I moved back to complete my master's in DI, and I did that at St. Elizabeth University, and I just graduated from that program this past May. So then I sat for the RD exam this past July and began working full-time as the Director of Business Development for All Access Dietetics. And in this role, I work completely virtually, and my efforts are mainly focused on brand partnerships. So I handle all the leads, pitches, and sales calls. And I'm able to work with some really awesome brands in the health and wellness space, including Vital Proteins, Quaker, Orgain, Olipop. I also focus a lot of my initiatives in the marketing, social media management, as well as content creation. So it's a really unconventional job for dietitians, but I'm so glad I took this leap into the side of the field. And I love what I do every single day. But besides from being a full-time registered dietitian, I'm still a real-life human being who is navigating life in her 20s. Right now is a really crucial time for me to work on finding a healthy and happy balance in my life with my career, family, friendships, relationships, and just necessary time with myself. So if you follow my page at Our Healthy Cats on Instagram and TikTok, then you'll see that I not only share nutrition advice, but also life advice for other people in their 20s who are just confused and lost, as well as a lot of lifestyle content. I love it. So tell us about why you chose the path of being a dietitian. Like, where did that all stem from? Yeah. Oh, I hate this question because I don't have the most interesting answer. <laughs> really, I wasn't like super passionate about it. It just kind of fell into my lap. So it really dates all the way back to when I was in high school. My friend and I at the time, we had like a Finsta, mm -hmm. so a fake Instagram account. Yep, been there, done that. It was called Fit Forever 101. We would post our recipe creations, healthy snacks, and just food adventures on there. And my friend and I would use this Instagram page as a platform and just safe space to post our healthy recipes. And we shared them with our close friends. And I truly believe this account that we purely had for fun was what truly ignited 
my interest for nutrition and dietetics. And then in high school, I always loved playing around with my meals to figure out how to make them more balanced. And I was always a huge foodie. So once I realized that I could work with food for the rest of my life, I was immediately sold. I'm like, that's it. I'm becoming a dietitian. Absolutely nothing else. There's nothing that's going to get in my way of this. And then I decided to go to San Diego State because it was just a beautiful school and it looked so much fun. It had a really great, reputable nutrition program. And I really wish I was that person who had that truly life-changing moment and epiphany where I was like, oh, I'm going to become a dietitian. I don't. <laughs> it's just kind of found its way to me and it always felt right. And I, I think that finding a career path and deciding what you want to do for the rest of your life, it should continue to excite you. And I think that alone is a good sign to know that you're choosing the right career for you. And it just, it never didn't excite me. I was always excited thinking about becoming a dietitian. Wow. Okay. I think that's such great advice for finding a career. Like the way they're talking about this and you're lighting up right now, like mm -hmm. that's amazing. Like I want that feeling of like just feeling electric from a job. And I love that you have it. And I think that that's really important, especially with this type of job that, you know, can affect other people. So I think that that's really incredible. And you said that it's not a cool story. Are you kidding me? It goes all the way back to high school and you've always been interested in health. Like, I think that's a great story. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's not the normal story that people have. Sometimes, you know, they'll have a family member that struggled and then they had a dietitian and they completely changed their life and their health around. I don't have a story like that. It's just kind of, I loved food. Why not work with food? Yeah, and you're passionate about it. So that's all that matters. Exactly. So can you tell us about what it took to become a dietitian? Like the courses you had to take, your degrees, yeah. et cetera? Yeah, so it's a pretty rigorous process to become a registered dietitian, and the process has changed a bit. So if you are interested in becoming an RD and you're looking into studying nutrition, then I highly recommend looking into the company that I work for. We're called All Access Dietetics. So if you have any questions on just the journey and process to becoming a dietitian, you can just go to our Instagram at All Access Dietetics or our website and ask us a question. Um, but I'll explain the pathway that I took to become a registered dietitian. But please keep in mind that there are numerous different pathways, and this was a very traditional route that I took. So I completed my bachelor's degree in food nutrition with a DPD component at San Diego State University, and this stands for the Didactic Program in Dietetics. And this program is what grants you a verification statement and then apply to dietetic internship programs. So in undergrad, I had to take classes including biochem, organic chemistry, physiology, anatomy, microbiome food lab, advanced nutrition, medical nutrition therapy. And I also had to study abroad, which I did in Barcelona, Spain for a month where I studied the Mediterranean diet. There were a lot of courses. Do not ask me what my grades were. <laughs> I tell you, I cried taking anatomy, memorizing every single bone and muscle. And I, I hated it so much, but I pushed through it and I don't regret anything. And then my senior year of college, I applied through DICUS, which is the matching portal where you apply to programs. And I applied only to master's and dietetic internship programs. So at the time, I didn't need my master's to become a dietitian, but beginning in 2024, they are requiring a master's degree to sit for the RD exam. So I always thought, why not just get it done and out of the way? So I have my master's and I'm not worrying about it later on. And then when you apply through DICUS, it's a matching process. So it's very similar to the matching process for residency. And I'll never forget my match day. I physically couldn't even swallow food that day. I felt so sick to my stomach. Just to keep myself from going insane, I was doing handstands in my room for an hour straight while I waited for the results to be posted. I actually didn't even look at them when I refreshed the page. I had my roommate look at the time. And I remember she told me what it said. And that was truly one of the best days of my life. 
But yeah, after I finished my combined MSNDI program at St. Elizabeth, I then sat for the RD exam and I passed on my first try. Um, so overall, it roughly took me six years to become a dietitian. And it sounds like a really long and tedious process, but looking back now, it was 100% worth it if this is truly what you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, definitely. I love this story. And the reason that I asked about this and the courses that you had to take and the degrees that you have is because we see a lot of influencers claiming that they know about diets and that they know about food and that they have all these resources. Mm -hmm. But I want people to know that you should go to experts and you being one of them, someone who has studied this, someone who has a degree in this. So Can we talk about why it's important to not get your information and your resources from influencers? Yes. Everyone listen up, all right? (laughs) Really important. Class is in session. (laughs) Yes, this is a really important topic. I'm glad we're touching on it, especially with the rise of social media and TikTok influencers. There's just a lot of unsafe, inaccurate, and overall untrue nutrition advice and information that's going around. There's also a lot of TikTok trends that are frowned upon and not encouraged by us as registered dietitians. So overall, registered dietitians, you'll either see their credential as RD or RDN. We are credentialed and licensed to create meal plans, give out nutrition prescriptions, and provide medical nutrition therapy to patients and clients. So we go through very extensive schooling, like I mentioned before. And this just ensures us that we're providing people with evidence-based nutrition information and advice that is safe, reliable, and backed by science and research. So look for the credentials RD or RDN. You'll see them next to their name. These are the people that you want to get your nutrition advice from. There's also the word nutritionist or holistic nutritionist or health coach or influencer. And these people are out there claiming that they're educated in nutrition but really they just woke up one day and decided that's what they wanted to call themselves. And these people are not protected or credentialed and they might not have even gotten a special certification. I'm not really sure what's going on in the nutritionist realm, but I know that there are certifications out there that can come from a source or a company, but this does not mean that these people should be giving out nutrition advice that's safe. So you wanna look out for these people. They do not have the extensive background and education that registered dietitians have. And they're likely not providing you with safe information. Super, super important. But I do have a question. Say if I follow someone on TikTok and they do have those credentials next to it, what if they're lying? Like, is there a way to tell if there's fake accounts versus real accounts? Um, If you see RD or RDN, it's a heavily protected credential. So someone wouldn't get a, if someone did use those credentials and they weren't being honest, they would not get away with that. Okay. They, they would be found. So definitely if you see those credentials, those are dietitians. They might specialize in a different area, um, either diabetes, renal, eating disorders. They might have a specific emphasis, um, but getting advice from a dietitian is the best route to go. Yeah. I think this is really important to touch on because like you said, some of these things can be unhealthy. They can be scary. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing some crazy stuff lately about things that just mm-hmm. random people on the internet are advising others to do to call or for weight loss. And they're so incredibly like, I don't even want to say these things. Like I never want anyone to do them. And you know that there's people out there. Like I remember being 12 or 13 and just wanting to be quote unquote skinny that I would do anything for it. So think of these people who are on social media, seeing this, like it's really scary. The information that's out there by people who are claiming that they know about health and nutrition and food and wellness. So 
I think it's really important to touch on this. Absolutely. It's scary. So it's good that people are educated about it and they know good sources to get their advice and information from. Um, and of course, if you always wanted to look into it further and see a dietitian for yourself, then that's something to look into. There are many dietitians that have their outpatient settings and private practices. Is there any specific like accounts that you follow that you think are good recommendations for people? There's so many. If you go through people that I follow, I follow some of my favorite dietitians. Um, and one of my favorites actually is Abby Sharp. She is so great with content creation. She'll take you through the grocery store. She'll review what I eat in a day videos and call out, you know, what you should and shouldn't be doing. Abby Sharp is probably up there on one of my favorites and everyone should be following her. 100%. I love that. And I love the critiquing of what I eat in a day is those to me used to be the most damaging things because I would watch like a supermodels video. Let's use Kendall Jenner for an example. It's like what I eat in a day. I had one green bean. I had one pretzel and a half a slice of bread. And I'd be like, oh, well, she's eating that. And she looks like that. I have to do the exact same thing. But I didn't realize at the time that everybody is different and everybody needs different food. And also that food is fuel for your body as well. I was like, the less that I can eat, the better. And it was just so harmful for me to always see these what I eat in a day videos because they were everywhere. It felt like you almost couldn't escape them. I agree. So with the start of the new year, obviously it's the start of 2023. We see a lot of different goals. For example, lose weight, exercise routines, eating healthy and drinking patterns. There's a whole bunch of different things. A lot of them promoting quote health and fitness. But like we talked about, a lot of these things can quickly become unhealthy and also unattainable. And like I said, one thing that I absolutely love about your account is that you promote health and fitness, but it's fun. It's attainable and it's in a positive light. So can you talk to us about how to create a healthy relationship with food and exercise in the new year? Yeah, well, thank you so much. I'm so happy you like my page. But a healthy relationship with food looks completely different for everyone. There's no one size fits all approach for this. It is important to know that the new year is a time where companies and brands will heavily market and spin the concept that you need to completely change your eating patterns and lifestyle. For example, they'll promote the idea that you need to sign up for a gym membership or that you need to eat lower calorie and healthier food options or that you need to start a new diet as soon as January 1st comes around in order to completely change your life around. I think it's important to be aware of these marketing schemes and to not feel obligated to change anything about yourself after January 1st if you don't want to or if you don't feel like there's a need to or even if it's not the right time for you. Everyone's different when developing a healthy relationship with food, and it takes patience, time, self-love, and a lot of practice. My biggest recommendation is if you think you have disordered eating patterns or you're noticing that you don't have the healthiest relationship with food, then it might be a good idea to see a registered dietitian to evaluate this in more depth about yourself. Um, but overall, food can be a really sensitive topic for many, so I just want to keep that really short and sweet. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I also love that you said it might not be the right time for people. I think that's really important to know because I know I used to always fall into these patterns. I'm like, January, this has to be the time when it could be in the middle of summer, it could be in the fall, Mm -hmm. it could be any time when you feel like you need it. But there's so much pressure on this, especially the first week of January. I feel like if you didn't completely transform your life in the first week, then like, you feel like you failed the entire year. And I hate that mindset. But It's so easy to fall into when all of these companies are marketing this at us. I know, but it took me a really long time. I didn't even know that I had an unhealthy relationship with food until I became a dietitian. 
and I took more courses and I did a journaling class about it. And that's truly where I realized I didn't have the healthiest relationship. So I took a step back and kind of reevaluated that. And I noticed where I was falling short and where I needed to progress more. And now I have a really healthy relationship with food, but it did take a lot of time and patience and hard work and it's not easy to get there. And it's a different process and journey for everyone. I love that. And I think that that's really important that you know and that you mentioned that. So another thing that January is pretty big for, this is something that I never knew about until this year, but I've been seeing a lot of it dry January. And I saw on your page that you're participating this January. So can you explain exactly what that means and why you're choosing to participate in it? Yeah. So just let everyone know my dry January has turned into a damp January. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no shame. No shame. To be fully honest with you all, but I'll talk a little bit how about how I start. I know that seems bad. It's only January 9th, but I'll talk about how I started and why I wanted to begin and participate in dry January and kind of where I'm at now. But dry January is basically just abstaining from drinking alcohol during the entire month of January. And a lot of people do this at the start of a new year because it sets them off on the right foot and because they like to go into the new year making health conscious choices for themselves and their bodies. That is not why I did it. Um, I've actually been sober curious myself since April of last year. And I've slowly been noticing that even if I go out for dinner and drinks with my friends and I have one, two, three drinks, just socially, I still do not feel 100% the next day. And I hate feeling like I wasted an entire day being unproductive or when I just don't feel like myself. So I decided to take January as the month to just cut out alcohol out of my lifestyle for a few different reasons. The main reason is because I want to take this time to evaluate my relationship with alcohol I've been asking myself the hard questions like, do I really need to include alcohol in my lifestyle going forth? And what positives does alcohol bring to my life? And how much better off would I be mentally and physically without the addition of alcohol? I'm also 24, so I love to go out with my friends and go drinking. Um, So there's honestly nothing better than a good Cosmo or espresso martini (laughs) when I'm with my friends. But I personally don't need alcohol to make me more outgoing or to be a source of fun and entertainment in my life. I believe that I bring enough of that to the table as it is without alcohol. So I'm really just taking this time to reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. And hopefully after this month, I'll have a better idea of how I want it to fit into my overall lifestyle. Like I mentioned, it's also damp January, which I, I probably would consider myself doing damp January over a completely dry January, which I personally support more because there may be certain events or days where you want to include either a celebratory drink or have a drink socially. And then this way, it's not the end all be all and you're still able to enjoy a drink or two if you want. So you don't have to go all in. And if that's not your cup of tea, um, cutting out alcohol can be a long process for many and it might not be the best option to completely cut it out of your lifestyle if it's a part of it now and if you enjoy it. But alcohol can certainly be a part of a healthy lifestyle and there's nothing wrong with socially having a drink or two. But if you strongly believe that you'll feel better mentally and physically, by cutting out alcohol, then it's worth the try. All great points. I absolutely love this. I love that you're showing both sides of the picture saying like, it's cool if you don't drink and you want to have fun that way. But also it is still, you can still live a healthy life with having a few drinks and be okay. So I think that that's really cool that you mentioned. I personally have been sober for the past three years. And I love to hear more about people who are experimenting with this and trying it out. And you use the term sober curious. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so I did an Instagram reel about this as well, and 
the comment section is just not it. Um, people were coming after me about this, but it is a very, very new term that I'd seen on blog posts, on websites, and on TikTok. It's overall just wanting to cut alcohol completely out of your lifestyle and for wellness reasons. So yeah. if that's going to be beneficial for you and make you feel better overall, then that's something people are curious about. Um, but it's not the same as having an addiction to alcohol. So the term can be taken very differently from many people, and it's a very new and emerging term. So I recommend you just read some blog posts or some other things about it just to get an idea of how people are so curious and why they are. But it doesn't have to do with addiction. It's just mm -hmm. thinking about cutting out alcohol completely out of your life because either it doesn't make you feel good physically if you have one or two drinks or you have brain fog. So it's yeah. kind of more for wellness reasons. Cool. I love hearing about people's journeys and experiences with this. So that's why I'm very fascinated on the topic. Yeah, my journey is a little bit different. I didn't even realize sober curious or cutting alcohol out of my lifestyle would be an option for me just because I'm very new out of college. And that's what my friends did. You know, that was that was kind of our life on weekends. Um, but it's it's crazy to think that my life has completely changed since working full time. And I have so many different other priorities in my life that drinking the thought of it I'm like I don't even want to do it I'd rather go to a cycle bar class or something exactly yeah I totally remember being in college and having that day after where I would do absolutely nothing and then that would lead into the next day because I was just so tired and then for me it was just kind of like a week long of like well I drank for one night so I can't do anything for the whole week so that's personally for me I was like this does not work for my lifestyle and I think that it's cool that you're able to notice and you're able to experiment and try with it Absolutely. And everyone comes, you know, finds different versions of themselves as they get older. And I think this new version of myself, it's just, it's not going to work in my lifestyle because I'm prioritizing so many other things for my health. Um, but it's really interesting to see how you change as you get older and what becomes less important. Yes, exactly. Like I remember being like, well, it probably doesn't sound good, but like 18 and 19 being like, drinking's the coolest thing in the world. And like, I would put that at top of my priority list, like going out in college. And like, once I hit 21, I was like, all right, you know, maybe it's like five on the priority list. And then the more and more I got older, I was like, okay, this doesn't fit on my list at all. And it's all mm -hmm. about as you're growing and finding different things and prioritizing different things. So it's okay if it moves in and out of your priority list. Absolutely. So I've been learning about how important movement is not only for my physical health, but also my mental health and having a routine also. So can you talk to us about your tips for creating an exercise routine? Yes. So as a dietitian, I'm always prioritizing joyful movement that genuinely makes us feel good compared to movement that feels forceful and unnatural for us. So bottom line, if you're not excited to do it, then it's not the exercise for you. For example, I go to the gym in the morning because it's become a part of my routine that I've established and I'm excited to get up every morning and go to the gym because that's how I like to start my morning. If you don't like to run, then don't force yourself to run. If you don't like to do Pilates, then don't force yourself to get up at five in the morning on a Monday morning to go to a Pilates class because sooner rather than later, you'll notice that it's draining you and you're not seeing the results that you want. So if you're just starting to create a workout routine, then I recommend trying a few different things out and, you know, trying them at different times of the day as well. So maybe trying in the morning, in the afternoon, at the night, kind of see what fits in best with your schedule. I know ClassPass right now is doing the free month trial, 
where you can try different workout classes in your area to see which ones you like best. And if you don't like something once, then I recommend going back at least twice or a third time. I went to my first cycling class and I absolutely hated it. I was like, I'm, you're, you're never seeing me again. I'm never coming back. I have not done a heavy cardio session like that in so long. So everything hurt. The, the bike seat is too small. Everything was just my legs felt like jello. I'm like, absolutely not coming back. But I gave myself that option and opportunity to go back a couple more times just to see if my body adjusted to it. And now I walk out of there like I just had the best time of my life when am I booking my next class? And I, I get excited for it and I crave it. But really the biggest takeaway is to try different things at different times of the day to see what fits best with your schedule and only engage in exercise and physical activity that you truly enjoy doing. Yes, yes, yes. Like I cannot agree with that statement enough. And the fact that you use the term joyous movement that like that lit me up. I love to hear that. And also I was the same way when I started spin classes. I walked in and I was like, fuck this. This is so painful. And I'm like, I'm dying and I've been in this for two minutes. And I remember that feeling of like, my whole life hurts. And then now I take spin classes like every day because I'm like, I love this so much. But the beginning of spin is, it's brutal, honestly, <laughs> but it gets better. That is the beginning of any workout class. And Pilates, I accidentally bought a two-time package, right? I went the first time, and I didn't know what I was doing. The poor instructor <laughs> had to keep, keep helping me coming over. I fell out of the machine at one point. Like, I said to her, I'm like, I'm so sorry, but unfortunately, I will be coming back because I bought two classes. And I walked in the second time. I was like, I am so sorry. Your worst nightmare has returned. But anything you do it the first time, it's going to hurt. Your body's going to be sore. Your body's not used to it. You have to adjust. But don't give up on something if you go the first time and you don't like it. At least give it a few different tries. If you don't like it by the third time, then let's reevaluate. Let's try something new. Maybe that's not the exercise for you. There's definitely a lot of forms of joyous exercise that are out there. That'll be the good fit for you. Like I love the elliptical and there are people that hate the elliptical. Let me tell you, the elliptical has and always will be my best thinking spot. I'm a genius on the elliptical. I've thought of my best Instagram captions. I've completely come up with my five and 10 year plan on the elliptical. Like that is my spot. And there are people that hate the elliptical. And I'm like, I love it so much. I'm sure there's other people out there that love the elliptical as well. So I'm going to come up with a workout class that's just about the elliptical and put like a nice stand. We'll have weights. We'll have an arm session. You know, there's there's so many possibilities out there. There are workout classes that haven't even been designed yet that you might try one day and you might love. So you can come up with your own workout class. It doesn't matter. The world is really your oyster and you don't have to limit exercise and just going for a long run. Or you don't even have to limit it to what you see other people on the internet doing. Like you said, like some people hate the elliptical, but you love it. So it doesn't mean that everybody then has to do the elliptical. And I know there's a lot of like workout videos and different like YouTube channels, TikToks. I mean, there's wellness and fitness accounts everywhere. So just because they're doing a specific workout that they're like, this is amazing. This is going to change your life. It might not change your life and you might not actually enjoy it. So do whatever feels good for you. So true. During quarantine, Chloe Ting, she was the thing to do. All my friends would be in the living room doing Chloe Ting. And I'd be on the couch. I'm like, I'm going to go for a walk later. I don't want to do Chloe Ting right now. So yeah, there's so much, there's so much miscommunication and advice out there of if I'm doing it, you should do it. If I look like this, then you'll look like this if you do exactly what I'm doing, which is just not true. We know as dietitians, scientifically, that's not possible. 
Um, but influencers make other people feel that way. It's really sad, but truly rely on other people that are credentialed and know what they're doing and are giving you safe advice um, and then go out and create a really good exercise routine from there. Yeah, I think that that's important advice and such a great tip. So do you have any other tips that you would like to leave with us today that can not only carry throughout January, but can carry far into the whole year? Yeah, really start with small changes and make progress from there, whether that's concerning your nutrition, fitness, or lifestyle goals. January comes and everyone feels like they need to make these drastic and huge changes in their lives. And all of a sudden they're like, well, today's the day that I need to become a marathon runner. And this is just not the case. And setting realistic and attainable goals are easily more achievable than setting goals that are unrealistic and completely out of reach. So important. And I'm so glad we had this conversation today. And I'm so glad I had you on and that I found your Instagram. So everyone, be sure to follow Heart Healthy Cast on both TikTok and Instagram for more of these amazing posts, more info and some great content. And again, thank you so much for everything you're doing. I loved this. Oh, thank you so much for having me.